Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Strangle your demons and let's go. Y'all need Jesus! Welcome to the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Helberg. And just like that little ditty proclaimed, bounce around with me, if you will. We've had one hell of a week of messages. I mean, I liken it to a good picture. I mean, but really, Nolan Ryan dispelled all that fastball, fastball, fastball. But then he implemented the curveball, just like Michael Jordan did the outside shot. As the physicality diminished, he used the head. Both players in their respective sports became more deadly. It's just adaptation is all it is. But, you know, pitchers sometimes use a slider. They use a sinker, which is really a fastball, a two-seam, a four-seam. Mentioned the curveball. We've got the cutter, Mario, Mariano Rivera, right? Um, and everything in between. Not many people throw knuckleballs anymore, but they all are designed to set something up and achieve the same result. Get the batter to hit a playable ball, a weak ground ball, and or to strike them out. And so when you go back over the past episodes of the week, they were all designed to culminate into a motley crew of usable advice. We had the voice of rebellion. We had steps for dating, two-part episode, and then ultimately forgiveness. And I would say that all of those go together because they provide a structure, a format, order. And that is something men greatly desire. All of those things. Something that you can count on. And not to belabor the forgiveness. Once you do that... It admonishes you, defeats that self-loathing, and there's many aspects of that. But what I'm really talking about are the ruminating thoughts. And therefore, you are free from whatever oppression has afflicted you, thus generating liberty. And don't we love liberty as men? (laughs) Yeah, who said it, right? Patrick Henry, give me liberty. Or give me death. It is that consequential in a man's life. To wrap that point up, as you know, I like to have carryover from previous episodes so that we can tie things in. I would liken the forgiveness to, shoot, let's say ibuprofen when you have a rough headache. And what do you do when you really have one? You grab four 200 milligram, hell, it could be a capsule or it could be a tablet. 
pop them on down. Relief comes, ah, oftentimes quicker than you even expected. And there is your liberty. As far as that ibuprofen goes, I wish we had some of those old Motrin tablets like we had back in my day, and they still have them, but I'm talking back in my day, they were these 800 milligram Motrins, which was essentially four of those ibuprofens. And man, once I discovered those, gee whiz, muscle aches were a thing of the past. Oftentimes, if we had big movements or forced marches, um, so, you know, you're carrying weight, uh, accelerated pace, long durations, meaning mileage. Jeez, you pop a couple of those, you can walk for hours. And even if, you know, your feet get tore up a little bit and there's some sloshing around in your socks, it really is a, uh, it's a non-issue. I tell you what, that stuff was so important that the Brits, meaning the British Army, actually used to administer tablets to their soldiers, and its name was Forced March. But dude, back in that day, it had essences of cocaine combined with caffeine. Now, that's a kick in the pants. That's some real liberty right there, right? And as men, we're always looking for something to get that edge. And I would say that um, <laughs> that may have been a surefire way to, uh, to provide it. Now, the word synonymous with liberty, of course, is freedom. And with this newfound freedom to do what you would like... You have the ability to do things and or to say things, i.e. this podcast. But should you always? Just because you have the ability to do so? Well, of course not. And today's world, I mean, one misspoke word we lament it all the time. I guarantee you my listeners do. We just shake our heads. We probably get demonstrably angry about it. Or something said with a completely different intent is deemed harmful, offensive. Damn, man. People are afraid to talk. That's why they like this show. That's why they like other shows. It's an ability to communicate whereby it has now been lost and or taken from us. What caught my attention uh, just the other day was Patrick Bet David Valuetainment. Um, How he got his start, from what I understand, I'm not going back to... um, He was born in Persia, Iran, so obviously an Islamic nation. Uh, We now know, and he has come out and said he is converted, he's a Christian... Um, But he put together a panel of guests for one of his podcasts, although you could see it. It's on YouTube. And he had two Christians, and he had two Muslims. And, of course, he was in the middle of the panel. 
And he started asking questions. And I listened here and there and tried to glean in on some of the more demonstrable talk from from each party, the two Christians as well as the two Muslims. And um, I left kind of shaking my head because, to put it succinctly, a Christian can definitely be zealous, right? And I guess if he talks you to death, maybe you will need one of those old 800 milligrams of ibuprofen, one of those big orange Motrins, because you may leave with a headache and or dismiss yourself from the situation altogether. But if you run across a overzealous practitioner of Islam, you may not have a head left in which to ache. So there was not going to be any agreement there simply because there was a great divide in core values. Don't you think that as men, we need to have core values for ourselves? And I'll take it up a notch when I say a core value. What I really mean is a conviction for yourself. If you cannot be convicted and or absolute about something, what is it that you are going to do? What is it that you will ever defend? What is it that you will stand on? And in today's topsy-turvy world, people may have them, but they certainly aren't going to pull themselves up and stand upon it. And that is what makes a man different when he chooses to do so. That is an anomaly in today's world. So how would this look? I've heard before that there are three pillars of masculinity, and they are the three Ps, one of which is preparedness. And as men, we do need to be prepared. We need to prepare for our families. We prepare for ourselves, um, our exposure out in the world. And I would venture to tell you physicality and or being fit for that endeavor is vitally important. So that core value would be preparedness. However, an extension or an attribute of it that you are seeking is, let's say, fitness. Okay, Well, we can start at any point whereby we still have breath in these lungs. So if you're overweight, if you're slovenly at this given moment, who gives a... Let's just do something about it, right? Barring a medical condition, you didn't get there overnight. You didn't get there over a month. If you worked at really 
<laughs> Being gluttonous and exploiting yourself? You may have got there in a year, but chances are it's accrued over time, just like anything else. So why would you want a quick fix? Don't listen to what these morons out here say. And you don't have forced march pills anymore. So embrace the pain. Walk it backwards like you've heard me detail in a million episodes so that you truly understand what got you there. What is the makeup? What is the composition of all of this? What occurred along the way that allows you clarity in going forward to become fit? Remember structure? Remember order? What men are in need of? Now you can simply, systematically, tear your body back down. You embrace the problems that got you there may have been painful to do so. Now you get to do the painful work to become something new. I'll tell you another little story about where core values prevailed. I already told you the story when I ended up talking about all things Mena, Arkansas. Found myself under the gun. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I was already so far into that man's territory and all by my lonesome, there was really no place to go. Thank God we shared core values. Okay. Well, this was another one. And it just crept up in my mind. I was in Arkansas City, Arkansas. That is right on the Mississippi River on pretty much the most eastern extreme, kind of mid-eastern part of Arkansas. And I was sent to repossess the equipment of this grain hauler. So I needed his hoppers, meaning his trailers, and I needed the freight liners that he pulled them with. And I believe there were six total in all. So when I finally found, and this guy was out in the boonies, man, and um, back out in farmland and twisting and turning, unmarked roads, but I found it. Um, what I'd really done is um, I'd called into the sheriff's department because back in that day I was using paper maps, man. I had paper maps of literally every locale, at that time really the southern U.S. in which I worked primarily. And I had no idea how to find it. So they led me to the guy. I followed their directions. And at the same time, although I very rarely had to resort to that tactic, they were also aware of what was going on. And obviously, if the stuff hit the fan, well, I guess that would be a precursor and a heads up for them. Well, it was an expansive form. And so I parked my brother-in-law way out on this dirt road. And I walked in with my little tool bag. My little tool bag is what I would garner entry into the vehicles, meaning the tractors, the 18-wheelers, and what I would then hotwire them with. So 
I had everything I needed for different makes and models within this one bag because there's a lot of reciprocity amongst the vehicles. Some ignition sets are used by different tractors, i.e. an international had the same thing as a Freightliner Century class at that time. The same uh, two-prong wire, which I finished off with gator clips, would use the same three- and four-prong assembly on a Freightliner, a Peterbilt, a Kenworth, vice versa. Now, getting in them was different, but that's another story in its entirety. So I go ahead and I walk in. I actually stay within a wooded area, and I go in. And the reason I did it that way is I didn't want to be exposed coming down the road. And it also gave me time to move. I'm not saying necessarily more stealthily, but it gave me more time to make a little bit of noise that I thought would be indiscriminate to people. But you're always worried about dogs. I mean, I've already fought off so many dogs at that point, been bitten by dogs, and, you know, they're the first line of defense, and I need to get those guys ruled out. And if I can't get up that way because the dogs have precluded me from doing so, then I've got to come up with another strategy. But lo and behold, and to my surprise, didn't hear dogs. I didn't smell dogs. And I made my way through. I saw equipment piled up. I saw a house further back, probably from where the equipment was parked. He had this massive caliche-like centralized area where he parked his equipment. And then a big workshop. Well... And this this was uh this was the middle of the day. I can't remember what time it was, but it was, it was this was still daylight hours. I'd done this many many times, all hours of the wee hours of the morning through the nights. And so, I go to. I've now gotten to the equipment, and I go to check my first VIN number on one of the tractors. That's one of them that I need to repossess. It's actually attached to a hopper that I also have paperwork for that needs to be repossessed. So I then get my vice grips to turn the side vent mirror. I'm standing on the running board. So this is on the driver's side. And right as I go to reach up with those vice grips, but even simultaneously while doing so, I had this sick feeling. I was being watched. I felt it. So I turned my head from where I'm at, positioned toward the glass. Let's just say at about 10 o'clock, back toward the shop. And there's, uh, there's Farmer Brown. Obviously, that's a pseudonym and not a good one. And leveled up at me. He's got a sling tall around his arm, looking through a scope. He's got a 30 alt 6 I'm dead to rights right there. So I stepped down off the running board, put one hand up, holding the vice grips. I'm like, hey, it's Eric Helberg. I'm with Daimler Truck Financial. Step down off the running board. What am I going to do? I'm 
way, way back in this guy's property. So I do what any thinking man does. I walk to him. And so I walk to Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown walks from the confines of the shop. Rifle still on me. He's pretty assured in his steps and how he holds his weapon. And I'm like, man, dude, I don't know what's going on. It looks like you have a hell of a spread here. I'm like, why don't you just tell me about it? And he takes a few steps further. We're closing the gap. You've heard me talk about in other episodes. Rifle comes down. In fact, (laughs) dude stops. He's like, hold on, hold on. Walks back to the side of the workshop. Sets the rifle up right there on the corner with the barrel. So it is secure. And he walks back out to me. He's like, hey, I thought you were stealing it. I'm like, well, I just told you who I am. And he's like, yeah, but I never thought someone would come all the way out here. And so we began our conversation. And uh, long story short, we talked about it. Uh, The agricultural business had been a little bit slow. Obviously, he hauled the finished product. And he's like, look, if you'll, and this was during the weekend, he said, if you let me make a call Monday morning and see if I can make payment arrangements that they'll accept, then we'll be good to go. And if not, he's like, I'll deliver all this equipment to Jackson, Mississippi for you. I'm like, you know what? Deal. Well, I tell you what. I guess that was another time where core values <laughs> saved the day, right? We had some commonalities, and both this man and I kind of guided our lives by these same principles. The same things were important to us. He worked hard. I worked hard. No one is susceptible to hardship, and every man in his innate nature likes to be respected. Respect won the day. (laughs) Now I'll tell you this, had our core values not meshed quite so synchronous at that given time, what else was I going to do? I guess pray and run like hell, right? No, I wouldn't have run like hell. I certainly would have prayed, but I wouldn't have run like hell. But It just goes to show you, just like that panel of guests, one Christian, one Islamic on Patrick Bet David's show, or me and this farmer, if you want to call him that, in Arkansas City, Arkansas, without the same core values, it's very hard for you to get something done. There's just too big of a chasm and belief. And so what that really goes to is, is find those that have the same as yours, cultivate those with those individuals, and grow with them. And like it says in the Bible too, don't throw what is the best of you, your pearls, 
before swine and dust off your sandals and move on. Not everyone is designed to be the same. You stay you and just simply make it better. Until next time on the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast, I bid you bon voyage, my burgeoning flock.